Broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. David Essel in the box with you. We are damn proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Listening to us right now, of course, on XM Satellite Radio Channel 168 and streaming worldwide via the Internet. If you have friends that do not yet have XM Satellite Radio, please let them know. If you want to listen to the show while you're on the go, you can now go to talkdavid.com. Click on the icon for our XM show, and you will scroll down and see a link to be able to listen to the show on your iPhone and other mobile devices. So check all that out at talkdavid.com, the number one goal that we have. And the thing that we want to remind you about is that at any time in life, you can turn it all around. You can absolutely turn it around, whether it's financial, health, spiritual, relationships, your career, whatever it is that you might perceive right now is not working for you, at any moment, you can totally turn it around. And we have some of the coolest guests coming up in just a couple minutes. Uh, Peter Calhoun is going to be with us. He's the co-author of the book, Life Without Limits. Speaking of turning it all around, discover the secrets to your personal empowerment and a life of ecstatic joy. I'm looking forward to talking to Peter. You know, most people would put in a life of joy. But um, no, I think we're, that tells a lot about our, our upcoming guest here, a life of ecstatic joy, which goes hand in hand with the comment I was just making is that you can turn it all around. We're going to find out from Peter how to do just that. Later on in the show, we'll be talking about whose responsibility it is to create, to start, to initiate sex in a relationship intimacy, a physical intimacy in a relationship. I'm going to read a question that, that came in, and we'll get your feedback on that. And then uh, later on in the show, past that, Barbara Marks Hubbard, uh, the author of Birth 2012, is going to be with us. So uh, awesome rest of the show. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls and doing many, many more very positive things, as we do here every Saturday. Our toll-free number, one 800 548-8255. Email us during the show with questions, thoughts, comments at talkdavid.com. So what would it be like to live a life, a life without limits at all? Our guest Peter Calhoun is with us to show us, to tell us how he did it, and maybe to open up a pathway that you can do the same thing. And I know right now that there's a lot of people that highly doubt that this is possible. You know, we come up with excuses and blocks that because of my genetics, which is a huge block, right, or because of my background or because I was raised in an alcoholic family or because of uh, the, the housing market or the presidency or the whatever it is, is that I'm not going to be able to accomplish what I desire to. But Peter Calhoun says that's not true. Let's find out from him why it isn't. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Am I speaking with uh, uh, David? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hi, David. <laughs> Hi. This is our first so, uh, conversation, so it's good to meet you and good to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. So, what and you, you want to know something about a life without limits? I understand. Yeah, well, I think it'd be a good idea since this is your book, right? <laughs> I would say so. Well, I, 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 my uh, revelation began with a vision uh, when I was uh, still a priest in the Episcopal Church, uh, and uh, I. Uh, was for eight years with the Episcopal Church before I went on my own path. And at that time, I had this uh, vision that lasted all night in which I I uh, was told, basically, that, that we are beings without limitations of any kind. And yet we have uh, been brought into a very uh, false belief system 
uh, and that we have bought into this false belief system for, for many, many generations, and it has created uh, uh, great limitations. It has disempowered us because we have no concept of who we are, that we are immortal uh, and divine beings. And because of this, because we are an aspect of the the infinite creator, creator, we are a part of the creator, we are without limits. And I was told that uh, I had, in past lives, uh, had uh, awakened uh, the my soul powers. It's called the cities in East in India. Uh, these are the spiritual powers that are latent in all people. And that I was to do this again and to demonstrate uh, how this is done and to demonstrate that we all have these powers within us. And I thought, this is impossible. You know, I, I've been given an impossible task and I can't do it. And and yet, uh, uh, I I went on a very uh, uh, you might you might call it a, a new age path at a certain point and left organized religion because that was too limiting and there was a lot I felt that that was holding me back and and the abilities the spiritual powers opened with with a spontaneity and ease it was almost as if my life a script had already been written. And as the need arose, uh, there would be amazing things that happen. For example, I was uh, taking groups uh, out on wilderness treks, and we had a ceremonial fire that we had laid in Canyonlands uh, National Park, where we were camped for a week. And uh, there were 22 of us, and uh, nearly everyone was there gathering wood, and we'd built a fire on the sandy desert floor, and the fire burst spontaneously. Uh, into flames. Now, this happened not once, but then it happened the next time I was there with a different group of people, uh, and uh, and uh, almost as many saw it. And then it happened again. Uh, and I found that I had the ability to uh, call forth the elemental force of fire. I understood that this is what some of the old uh, shaman were able to do in, in your indigenous cultures and what the Eastern masters are able to do. In fact, I know an Eastern Master uh, and have met him, and he is able to do this also. Well, Peter, let no me master. let me ask you a question. Peter, yeah. let me ask you a question. Uh, one of the things that you said in your book was is that um, you had, at one point you had thought that you were going to have to have a guru or a teacher, but you found that wasn't true. Is that the same for everyone else when they want to open up to a limitless life, that they really don't have to find a guru or a teacher, that it is within themselves, and they just have to find a way to uh, unleash that power? Absolutely, David. I'm so glad that you asked that question, because that is a key to uh, what the, the message that I'm trying to get across, that, that we're going into a great new cycle. Uh, and everybody says this is happening, you know, in December uh, 2012, not so far away, but it's happening already. And there, we're coming into a time in the not-too-distant future in which not just a few but many people will be awakening these amazing abilities. And they uh, they will be seeking, and they need to realize that we can get this with our direct relationship with the creation itself. Or mm -hmm. the creator, if you want, uh, the creators behind the creation. And, uh, yeah. And, and Peter, how does, how does one begin that track? Like, like so let, let's say that I'm going along and I'm listening to what you're saying, and you're saying that we can be limitless beings if we get in touch and, and create that relationship with the creator. W what are the steps in order to have that happen? It begins with, first of all, uh, 
recognizing that we have been disempowered by false beliefs. And so since the time we were toddlers, we've been given a certain version of the world, which is wrong. Uh, we were told that we're in part of an inanimate uh, 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 phenomena that is uh, in the cosmos. And, and uh, in truth, we live in a magical world that is a manifestation of a divine being. And we're a part of that uh, uh, this this earth is a living magical being that is loving and we are uh, we are you might say her children and to see the world in a different way as a magical loving uh, mm. creation and that that we ourselves are not the wretched uh, beings that we've been told by uh, organized religion and uh, we did not commit some kind of uh, un uh, some kind of uh, original sin a long time ago uh that was to give pa- the patriarchal uh uh group that took over organized religion uh really really came up with that idea of original sin uh, but we are instead divine immortal beings and we are manifestations uh, of of an infinite creator so if we are manifest all oh, individualized manifestations of the creator then we Two are limitless as we as we attribute the Creator. This is the message, and yet again and again, I found that that my God, there's got to be something to this. You know, I've discovered that I could call up the winds or stop the winds. My my partner Astrid is able to do these things now. I was she saw me doing it. There's something about seeing one person uh, perform sure. a so-called miracle, and yes. then you can do it yourself. You say, Hey, yeah, I can do yeah. this. And, and you know, so, there was some there was something else that I, I wanted to mention that yeah. I love too. It, it was I don't know where, where it was in the book, but you said some, and I'm going to paraphrase my words. You said something to the effect of, you know, when when times are calm and everything is going along fine, a message like yours would fall on deaf ears. But when people are stressed and challenged and and uncertain that maybe this is the time that they're looking and searching for something to grab onto, that maybe your message would be more welcome now. Did I get that right? Well, that's close. Uh, what the, the times that we're in, uh, what my point is that, that there are certain concepts, uh, key concepts, um, I call them illuminators, that are more than just uh, ideas that can uplift the masses and help people to live a better life. These are concepts that can have a transformational effect on the whole of hum- humankind. They, they can uh, bring about a paradigm shift. And this is one of the concepts that we are beings without limitations. As soon as a certain minority, absol- uh, a relatively small minority, get this and see that this is truth, then we're going to have the hundreds monkey effect. I hope your yes, audience knows yes. what that is. <laughs> yes, and everybody absolutely. gets it. They don't know how they got it, but they got it. And then, then we are we are, we have a very different world. Yeah. Peter, I'm going to ask you to hang in there. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back. Um, My guest is Peter Calhoun. The name of the book, Life Without Limits, Discover the Secrets to Your Personal Empowerment and a Life of Ecstatic Joy. If you want more information on the book, visit lifewithoutlimitsbook.com, lifewithoutlimitsbook.com. 
Com. After these messages, we'll be back more with Peter. And one of the questions that I want him to be able to help us all with is that, and I believe what he's saying is true, especially this whole thing about our limited beliefs. You know, we are not worthy. We are this, we are that. How the heck do we break these old limiting beliefs that have been with us since the beginning of time? Or at least since our birth or one of our births, right? How do we get rid of those old beliefs that say we are not worthy? It's going to be a great interview. Stay right there. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. We will rock with you. I threw a fractal on a breaking wall. I see you, my friend, and touch your face again. Positive Talk Radio every Saturday, gang. Welcome aboard. David Essel Alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Hey, if you like what we're, look, what we're doing right now with Peter Calhoun, this, this interview, and you want your friends to hear it afterwards about how to break through limiting belief systems and, of course, the name of his book, Life Without Limits, go to iTunes slash David Essel Alive and you can listen. To all of our past shows archived, including the one with Peter Calhoun that you're listening to right now, rate them. Because when you rate them, of course, extremely highly, (laughs) when you rate them, then you help everyone have quicker access to our shows. The word gets out. People understand that there's actually positive media. Isn't that an interesting thought? 1-800-548-8255. Peter Calhoun, uh, the co-author of the book Life Without Limits. Peter, how the heck do we break these old belief systems that say we're not worthy of money, we're not worthy... Uh, of, of a life without struggle. We're not worthy of being free of addictions. We're not worthy of being free of the 100 pounds of excess weight. Where do we start? Well, we start with uh, looking at our lives and see what, what uh, beliefs do we have, uh, have we held, uh, both uh, conscious and, and unconscious beliefs. So we have to look and see what is it that we are not fully aware of uh, that could be holding us back. One of the most common is, you just named it, uh, David, it's a it's the uh, consciousness of lack. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's not enough time. Not enough material things. And this is this is the, the belief that most of us have. If we are beings without limits, then 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 we uh, are able to call whatever abundance into our life we need. We can call we can call forth uh, with uh, our, our visualization and and uh, affirmations. We can call forth. Uh, the the funds that we need, we can call for us, uh, uh, call the love of our life into our life. Mm. And I've seen it done again and again. Here is the way we do it. We focus on wh- where is this uh, wrong belief, this false belief that we've been taught since we were taught toddlers. And, and then what we get, let's say the vision of lack. Let's say the idea of lack, not enough money, not enough time. And we, we first of all, we want to see abundance coming to us. Visualize it. Secondly, besides visualizing, you want to feel. You want to get the emotional feeling. What is it like if you have the love of your life? What is it like if you have a million dollars? What is it? And then the third thing is a higher truth. The higher truth is that I'm not uh, destined to be poor, and I, and I, I can uh, have whatever whatever funds I need uh, to fulfill my life, to fulfill 
my my personal, emotional, physical, and material and, and spiritual needs. So three things, is a, the, and I give that formula in the book. We right. come up with a higher truth, we visualize that higher truth coming into manifestation, and we have the emotional feeling. A lot of people writing books about affirmations leave out the emotions. We have to bring in that feeling. Yeah, of, yeah because Peter, you just said something really important. It's not enough to be a positive thinker, is it? No, absolutely not. And and that's led many people down uh, the road of, of uh, tremendous enthusiasm and then great disappointment. And then they back mm-hmm. worse off than they were before. Yes. I, I, I mean, I've seen it. I've, I was part of that group. You know, yeah. 25 years I, ago, I, I was part of, of that group. I part of that group. <laughs> yeah. But it, 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 this, this is a concept that is so broad, it can cover every area of our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I, I mean... We're able to walk into, my wife and I, into a herd of bighorn sheep, into a family of deer, and touch them by simply uh, believing that we're a part of that, uh, uh, that we're one with them, and, and, uh, and stopping the, these, these fears and, and the belief that we can't do it. My wife and I have been able to call animals out of the forest to, 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 or out of the mountains to come up to us. And this is an amazing thing. I would not have believed this uh, 20 years ago, that anything like this was possible. Yeah. But the thing is, we're teaching others how to do this, and they're able to do it also. I love it. I love it. Peter, we, we just have a minute left sure. here. I want to make sure I get your website out again. Yes. Uh, the name of the book is Life Without Limits. Peter Calhoun with his wife, Astrid Gans. Uh, the, the, the subtitle, Discover the Secrets to Your Personal Empowerment and a Life of Ecstatic Joy. And you can find out more information about Peter in the book at lifewithoutlimitsbook.com, lifewithoutlimitsbook.com. Peter, I, this is this is fascinating. I, I'm I'm dead on with you. I agree 100 percent with the message you've got going out there, and and we need to create more people like you who are out there feeling and living that limitless life, don't we? Yes. Thank you, David. I like your style. Let's do it again sometime. I, I would enjoy that, Peter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have a great night. All right. Bye bye. Bye-bye now. Now, listen, what this guy just said is dead on. What Peter was talking about, the book Life Without Limits, I highly encourage you to pick it up. What he said is dead on. Find the limiting beliefs. See a different life. Feel a different life. Act differently. Hey, coming up, who's responsible for initiating intimacy, initiating sex? Who is responsible in the relationship? I'm going to read this question that came in that's really quite fascinating. Is it you? Is it your partner? Should it always be the guy? Do you take turns? Like, what's going on? This guy who wrote in is so confused. He said, I've been given three different opinions on this. The opinion of my wife, the opinion of a neighbor, and the opinion of someone at work. And it's not working for me, and he wants some help. Who, who does it in your family, in your relationship? Is it always one person? How do you figure it out? Do you have resentments because you don't feel like you're getting enough intimacy, enough touch, enough cuddling, enough talk? Is there someone who's responsible for it? Call us, 1-800-548-8255. I want to know what you think. I'm David Essel. Stay right there.
You are tuned in to Pure Positive Talk Radio, where we give you actual solutions to the challenges in life. We're not just going to talk about all the crap that's happening in the world without giving you thoughts and ideas on how to move through the crap. <laughs> to create the life you want, right? David Essel alive, XM Satellite Radio Channel 168. Uh, proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, broadcasting live every Saturday for three solid hours, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, 1-800-548-8255. So in your relationship, who initiates sex? Who initiates intimacy? Like, do you have an arrangement, an agreement with your partner that, uh, that, you know, it's normally the guy or maybe it's normally the woman or you take turns? What works for you? I want to know that. Feel free. Feel comfortable to call. You can give us a fake name. We don't care. You can tell us a fake city. We don't care. But call us 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-TALK. 800-548-TALK. So here's the question that came in. Who should initiate sex in a relationship? I'm married for five years. My wife thinks it should be always the man. Our next-door neighbor, a woman, says her and her husband actually take turns. And then a colleague, a woman, says she is the one with her husband who does. Her take, it should be the person with the higher sex drive. And then... The person went on to ask, what is the answer? So what do you think the answer is? Should it be the guy? And and you know what? If, if you think that's true, just share it. Should you take turns? Should it be the person with the higher sex drive? What do you think is the best thing for the relationship and what works for you? I want to know, and I want to help this person out who's asking this question. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-8255. Who is responsible for the initiation of sex or intimacy in your relationship? And does it work? Are you happy? Do you wish your partner would have a greater role? Do you and your partner feel satisfied? Do you think, as um, as this person's uh, wife believes, that it really should be the guy? That regardless of who has the higher sex drive, it really should be the guy? Do you, do you agree with the neighbor who says, you know what, we take turns? It's just whoever's in the mood and uh, and it works for them, right? Should it be the person with the higher sex drive? Should it be their responsibility since they want it more, need it more? Should they be the ones that we go, you know, I'll tell you what, honey, I could, you know, what I could, I could either sit here and eat popcorn or make love to you. So it's up to you. If you want to, go get dressed and... <laughs> Right? What do you think about this? How would you answer this question? If if this person posed this question to you, who's responsible? You know, he's obviously feeling pressure from his wife. Because she thinks it should always be the man. 1-800-548-8255. What works for you? Have you found a system, a formula within your relationship that really you're really happy with that it works? You know, after the first, what, three months when, <laughs> when, when so many of us in a brand new relationship, it's like, whatever, we don't even have to think about that yet, right? But then six months, a year, two years down the road, you might have to think about it. What do you think is the healthiest? What works for you? What do you think would be the best thing to work for other couples? 
Now, I have to tell you something. Stereotypes die hard, don't they? And it, it's not healthy to me. I'm going to put this right out there right away. It is not healthy to me to put the pressure on any one person in the relationship. And I really, in the 22 years of doing counseling with couples, I've seen this happen so many times, and it actually destroys the relationship when it always has to be the guy. But that's a stereotype that comes from the beginning of time, isn't it? So I totally agree, disagree with that. You know, I mean, resentments build. Don't they? Like, if you're putting all the pressure on the guy, resentments build. Like, why does it always have to be my responsibility? I can almost see in the, when this guy asks this question, he's sitting there thinking, why does it have to always be me? And her answer is, because that's what comes with being a guy. That's your role. Do you agree with that? Maybe you do. Maybe, And it's okay to disagree with me. Maybe you do. Maybe you think, you know what? The, that's the way it always has been. That's what my mom told me. That's what my sister told me. That's what my cousins told me. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Should it just be like that way because it's been like that? If you disagree with me, please call me and disagree with me because I would love to know. I happen to think that that's a recipe for disaster, especially if the woman gets resentments. Because of the fact that her partner is not initiating enough. Let's go to Tennessee. Melanie, you are on with David Essel. Hi, how are you? Hey, good, Melanie. What's your thoughts here? You know, okay, well, I have two answers, actually. One is, in my relationship, I am the one most of the time. Okay. I, but, however, I agree that it should be both parties. And it doesn't have to be a 50-50 split. It can be, you know, I, I'm happy with 70-30. You know, I can I could flip a bed, you know. It's just <laughs> that when you're the one who does all of the initiating at a, at a time, you either feel like you are starting to sort of become a nuisance to the person or in the case of a lot of women, you might even wonder if they don't find you attractive or right. if there's something, you know, I mean, there's something along that line that I think, you know, could possibly make some insecurities kind of bubble up that shouldn't be there, but based on the response or whatever that they get, the person might feel like there's something undesirable about them. Now, Melanie, how long has this been going on in your relationship where you have to be the initiator for sex? Oh, God. Let's see. Well, we've been together 11 years, married for six, and I would say probably the first two or three years, it seemed like it was, you know, about equal, and then after that, I guess, as we became pretty comfortable with each other, I guess it became where it was more me. And it is me that has the higher sexual drive. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. It is. But at the same time, you know, as a woman, it sure is nice to feel wanted. Right. You know, and and the handful of times that it does happen, it's pleasantly surprising. Believe me, I praise him up and down for it, hoping the, <laughs> the positive reinforcement hey, that might happen again sometime soon. But, you know. Melanie, Melanie, you know, I just got this vision of this huge uh, calendar in your kitchen with the couple times where that he might initiate that there's this huge smiley face that you leave You're up right. for the whole year. Well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a figurative calendar, but yes. You yes, know? And yes, I mean, yes, I, yes. He does so much for me, so I'm not complaining about him at all, because yeah. as husbands go... I got absolutely dealt the royal flush. I got the best on earth. But okay, one now, little thing, yeah. you know, if that now was the one you, thing I would say that could improve, that would be it. 
And okay, now have you have you talked tired. to him, Melanie? Have oh, you talked oh, to him? Yeah. And what's his response? Well, he says, for one thing, you know, we're both over forty, so he says, you know, maybe I just don't have that kind of energy anymore. And I said, well, okay, you know, I, I understand that, and he works a physically demanding job, so I understand that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's tired. He gets up early. He's gone, you know, sometimes up to ten or twelve hours working physical mm-hmm. labor. And so when he comes home, I understand that he might not be all in a lovey kissy mood. You know, that's okay. okay. But at the same time, you know, I brought it up to him, and sometimes he gets irritated at me, like, "Oh my God, would you let go of it already?" But it's, you know, it's it's just one of those things that. If he does it often enough to where I don't feel like I'm always the one, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. But getting mm-hmm. him to change his mindset is where I'm stumbling. I've figured it out yeah. yet. Yeah. Now, if, if, if he initiated uh, intimacy with you once a month, would that be enough for you? You know what? Yeah. Because as it stands now, I'd say on average probably about every three months or so. You okay. know, and so, so here's here's a thought for you, Melanie. This is what I'd like you to do. I want you just to write down once a month, just between you and I, okay? Just write it on a piece of paper. I always tell people, don't trust your brain. Whenever you have a goal that you want to accomplish, put it on paper. Okay. And Okay, then, in in conversation that has nothing to do with intimacy, in a conversation that you guys aren't laying in bed together, you're not laying in bed drinking coffee, you're out riding in the car, you're out walking, you're doing something, in a place that is non-intimate. Okay. I would bring up the conversation. Because let me tell you something interesting about the way a man's mind works. Oh yes, we do. Yes, been yes. Figure it out for years. I know, I know, and I love helping women with this because it, it's it's really and, and the you know and and guys say the same thing. God, please, David, help me figure out you know my my <laughs> wife or my girlfriend's brain, right? But, right. But when a guy has a tangible goal to shoot for that's realistic and not overly pressured. Okay. They often can rise to the occasion, no pun intended, and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and accomplish the goal because they start to think logically. Like guys are very logically, literally based, right? Right. So all of a sudden, you know, we're hearing our, our, our wife, our girlfriend, our partner say, hey, listen, I want you to initiate sex more, but there's no tangible goal we're shooting for, so it gets frustrating to a guy. But... If the guy goes, wow, you know what? We make love X amount of times per month, and she only wants me to initiate it once every 30 days. Okay, I can probably wrap my head around that. And if it's once a month, I, yeah, I, th- I think I can even do that. But okay. if it's this open-ended, does that make sense to you, Melanie? It does. Yeah, it does, because, you know, I, I really have been nonspecific. And said, right. you know, it's just, you know, I wish you would do so-and-so. And, you know, when... I guess if I did say, you know, if it was just once a month, I would be great. You know, maybe that would hopefully give him something to think about that he is able to say, you know, I could probably do that. That's cool. So Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. And, and it's not overwhelming. Melanie, I am so glad you called. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. Oh, same here. You have a great night. Yes, you too. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. So what works for you, ladies and gentlemen? What works for you? Do, do you feel that, you know, because I could see with Melanie, even though she says, you know, I've got a great guy and everything else in life is great. 
let's face it, when we're not getting something we want, especially when it comes to intimacy, she brought up some awesome points about you start to feel insecure. Maybe I'm not attractive enough anymore. Maybe he has eyes for someone else. Maybe she has eyes for someone else. Maybe I'm not doing it in bed the way I used to, right? But we can shift it. What about you? 1-800-548-8255. Have you found something that worked? Is something not working that we can help you with? Like, is there some kind of block in the relationship that it might just be a casual conversation with me right now where we can sort of work it out together? Do you have an opinion for our, our, our listener that wanted to know, you know, should it always be the guy? Should it be 50-50? Should it be with the higher sex drive? What do you think? And what works for you? one 800 548 We are here, as we say with solutions to challenges, to bring couples together, to lose that weight for good, to make more money. We're into intimacy right here, baby. Let's rock. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Email us at talkdavid.com. After these messages, we'll continue. Stay right there. One eight hundred five four eight talk one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. A question came in about handling cravings, uh, sugar, alcohol, nicotine, spending. Pretty heavy duty stuff. And you know, we've actually, I don't know if you remember several months ago, and I'm going to bring this young lady back on. Uh, one of my clients who, who uh, worked the program, our holistic addiction recovery program came on and, and, and we helped her get out of, uh, get away from nicotine and, and alcohol and drugs, all kinds of stuff, right? But nicotine has always been a major challenge for her. And so here, here's some tips I want to give you in regards to craving. When you have the craving and you know you're not physically hungry, but you want that cookie or the donuts or whatever it might be, or you want the cigarette, or you want the drink, or you really feel you got to go spend money because it's Saturday, not because you need anything because it's Saturday. Here's one of the techniques we've used with clients for over 20 years now. Sit in the emotion. Now, at first, you're going to go, oh, that sounds like a ball, David. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's not fun initially. But you want to know the most magical thing we've found this, with this technique is that the craving normally lasts three minutes or less. I don't care if someone I've worked with has smoked for 30 years, they've drank for 50 years, they've been spending for 30 years, they've been an overeater for 25 years, or for six months. It's, I, and I don't even know how it works, but there's something about sitting in the emotion, feeling the craving, not acting out, not grabbing the drink, the cigarette, the food, the whatever, right? In about three minutes, the craving passes. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God. Like, I thought this thing had me over a barrel. And then you figure out in three minutes you can you can go, I, I didn't even go and have that cigarette. I didn't grab any more cookies. I didn't in three minutes or less. Now, this is a technique that we teach all of our clients. And the next thing you have to do is you have to work with someone in order to find out what is the root cause of these cravings, of this addiction, and remove the root cause, and then you won't even have to worry about sitting during that craving because the craving will just go away, and you won't have to worry about it. I promise you it works, okay? But sit in it, and you watch. For three minutes, you're not going to have that craving, and you're going to be going, what the hell just happened? And then you go, oh, my gosh, it was David. <laughs> it was our idea anyway. For and Speaking of, of, of goals, if you have a major goal in your life and you want to work it through, and you want to get on the other side of it, and in 12 months from now, 
you want to be living a totally new, radically different existence, join me with our Master Mentor Program. This is where I work with you for 52 straight weeks. Twice a week for 52 straight weeks, I am on your side, helping you, encouraging you, holding you accountable to accomplish. If it's that major weight loss, if it's massively increasing your income, finding the career you love, saving your relationship, letting go of an addiction, whatever it is, with the Master Mentor Program, it's 52 straight weeks with me. Email me at talkdavid.com. We'll send you all the information about the Master Mentor Program. We'll send you the endorsements from past clients. We take one to two new people a month is all because we're only working with 12 to 14 people a year. So on the average, one or two positions open up every month. And if you really, truly are ready to radically change your life, send me an email. Just say, David, I want more information on the Master Mentor Program. Go to talkdavid.com. Send me the email, and I'll give you all the info plus the testimonials. It's, it's exciting. It's passionate. It's high accountability. And it really works. And I love to help people radically change their lives. So, so let's do that together. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, the, the cra- oh, removing sugar from a child's diet. Here's something else. We'll go back into cravings, right? We got an email in um, from a mom. Uh, the child has eaten whatever they've wanted for the past five years. The child is very overweight. Uh, every time the mom tries to do some kind of moderate approach to removing the sugar, the child throws a hissy fit. And the child wins. You guys, all moms and dads have seen this happen, right? Listen, it's going to be the same. Believe it or not, I can't believe I pulled these two back to back. It's going to be the same thing. They have to be willing to sit through the withdrawal and choose another choice. In other words, this is a time when a lot of times we want to do all this baby step work. And a lot for many people, myself, kids, everyone, baby steps don't always work. And the reason why is that oftentimes the parent then relents. And before you know it, you're giving them back all the food they were eating before plus. Think about it. The child will learn how to live without, and they will lose the weight. The addiction will pass, and will get to the core. This has worked for 20-plus years. I want you to trust me on that one. Sugar addiction can be just as harrowing as a heroin addiction, nicotine, and more. It's that powerful. David Essel Live, Positive Talk Radio, every weekend. Website, talkdavid.com. Stay there because there's much more to come.